Hello everyone and welcome back to the Smartcast. My name is Alan, your host, and alongside me today we have editor Dan, the lousy hero himself. How are you? Uh, good man, it's been too long since we've been on this, so it's uh, nice to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back on mate. And of course we've got uh, Stephen, aka Sipsy. How are you bruv? I am good. I am, uh, yes, uh, recovering from um, lockdown. Well, I say recovering, we're all still, still in lockdown in the UK pretty much. Um, yeah, enjoying uh, <laughs> AEW quite a lot, so I'm looking forward to this podcast actually. Yeah, so as Stephen just alluded to, uh, we're going to kind of do a, a bit of a, a wrap up and a review of AEW's Double or Nothing pay-per-view that happened this past Saturday night. Um, I did a, a, a bit of a preview last week and um, predicted a few very wrong matches. I think I got the results wrong on pretty much everything I said. So uh, it's, you know, at least with the benefit of hindsight. Uh, it was a fantastic show, I thought. They, they put on a, a great event. I think we'll just start off really um, just to get Dan's opinions as it's been a while since we've had him on the podcast. So so Dan, you you know AEW has been it's your baby. You love it. You've you know you've loved it from day 1. How did Double or Nothing compare to to your kind of overall AEW love? Uh it's not been the it's not the best pay-per-view that they've done. Um and I think with the lack of fans, I think all of wrestling across the board is suffering. Um, I think lack it, you know, having no interaction with people. Although they do do a good job of getting people in the seats, you know, backroom people and all this. Um, but I really want the fans back. And I think that's what makes AEW special because the fans are kind of stupid. Um, you know, <laughs> no, they are. They, let's be honest. Let's be honest. We all know the type of fan. You know, um, they were the guys that were wearing the Bullet Club shirts, all of the local shows that you go to. Them kind of fans, but. They do give you a good atmosphere, and that is severely lacking. I think I've sort of come to terms now with what I like from AEW and sort of where I sit in the enjoyment scale because there's some of the things that we will discuss on this show, like the main event, that even though I understand that wrestling should be for everybody and there should be certain things that everyone's going to like, there's things that people are going to hate, you know, and then you've got the in-between stuff, sometimes these guys do make it a bit too ridiculous. Um <laughs> And even I, even I have to say, like, oh fucking hell, come on, boys! But they also do some stuff on this show that's really good. So I'm torn. I still like my AEW. I still enjoy it. I still watch it weekly. The show was still good, although they've done better. Um, but yeah, we'll get to some of these matches, I'm sure, as we go through the card. Yeah, I mean, I think probably the best way to to do it, considering it's just a a review show essentially this week, uh, just to go through it match by match and just touch mm. on a few things that that may have stood out for us. Um, I mean, Stephen, did you watch the the buy-in? I did, yes. I did watch the buy-in. I watched it um, live, uh, actually. Same. Yep. Yeah. See, I, I didn't watch the buy-in, so I'm, I'm, I'm handing over to you, Stephen. Uh, best <laughs> Friends versus Private Party, uh, their number one contendership for the tag title. Yes. Um, how did this fare? Because I've, I've been critical of Private Party in the past. Um, uh, that they can it, they put on a good performance depending on their opponents um, and for me it, it's felt like they've been carried through matches at times I know some people disagree but what, what did this kind of say to you this match well if you watch this match your opinion would not change because yeah. uh, as much as I love Private Party they have got one of the best theme songs I love in um, AEW at the moment um, I think they're quite cool uh, um, uh, Mark Quinn actually looks like one of the guys who I work with, and um, <laughs> yeah, apart from the blonde hair, blonde hair. But um, yeah, the match 
Best friends, they're really good. Like Trent Barretta's got star quality all over him. I like Jackie Taylor. Um, but I felt like Private Party, there was a few bits where they it kind of they kind of met, look like look like they messed up. Obviously, I'm not a professional wrestler. All I can tell is by what I see. And it just looked, they were a little bit disjointed. There was a few things that happened that maybe they didn't hit as clean. But it was an entertaining match. I enjoyed it, but it's just some of it took me out of it and kind of lost lost the flow. Um, if I was uh, uh, felt felt like it, I don't think I'd have bought AEW Double or Nothing off of the basis of that match. I think that match was kind of bog standard, but it was enjoyable. Okay, okay. Because bog standard um, is enjoyable. <laughs> Dan, are you on the same page? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I think it went on five minutes too long. Um, yeah. Private Party messed up a few like tag team tandem moves I'm going to put that down to the fact that they also haven't been in the ring um, because they were stuck in lockdown as well so maybe there's a bit of ring rust going on there but I do think these guys really do well with the opponents that they have in front of them so if they are having to lead a match or you know if they get into the position of leading a match it can get a little bit sloppy they've had great uh, matches with uh, the likes of the Bucks and um Penta and Phoenix mm. but this was a bit mm, I think if it was five minutes shorter it would have been more enjoyable but this is probably the reason why it was on the buy-in although I do have a pet peeve for Private Party I watch Being the Elite yes I'm that guy um, <laughs> and they've been doing this running sort of weekly series on there with these boys and it is the worst listen they were wrestling <laughs> teddy bears they were wrestling fucking teddy bears last episode uh, and there was the oh. boogeyman and that's shit. I watched that and I suddenly don't like these guys and they're bad acting. And I'm like, no, I'm not interested in them anymore. So I don't know. I'm not a fan of Private Party. Probably not the only body out there. Um, and Trent needs to go solo. I really can't stand Chuck Taylor. That's just my opinion. Uh, that's fair enough. I mean, from, from a personal perspective, obviously away from this match, I think Chucky and uh, Trent are, I think they're a solid tag team. But mm. I agree with both of you that Trent has star quality all over him. He is... You know, his potential to go, you know, be a superstar. Um, I think, so the the rest of the main kind of event of the pay-per-view started off uh, with a number one contendership match. Well, I say a number one, it's for a future world title match. Um, it's the, it's the, the, the love child of Royal Rumble and Money in the Bank. Yes. Yeah, so so if, you, if, if them yeah, two got two together games. and made a baby, this is what the <laughs> casino ladder match would be it. Yeah, and I think Ray Phoenix was injured uh, last week on Dynamite, so Mm -hmm. they replaced him with Joey Janela, who I've got absolutely no time for whatsoever. Uh, Wow. Really? Wow. I like Janela. Yeah. I I, I had no idea about him before. He's he's talented, and he's very good at what he does. The character, I just think he... I just don't get it. Uh, He bores me, and I think he's a cunt and needs a slap. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I just don't. I'd miss I, being on this show. <laughs> yeah, what man, happened to be kind, be nice about these people? He's a human being. Yeah, he's also a twat. Um, so <laughs> I, I like was, you, Joey Zilla. When you listen to this, don't worry. <laughs> I'm in the be same positive. boat. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Joey. <laughs> the the yeah. other guys in this though, like um, Luchasaurus, uh, Frankie Kazarian, Colt Cabana. Um, Scorpio Sky Scorpio Sky the guy has got so much potential I think this guy they should stick a rocket up his ass and just go like mm-hmm. I think he, he can be like top draw like main event guy um, 
so I was I was disappointed that he didn't win this. Um, I was surprised about the whole Brian Cage uh, being the the kind of the unnamed entrant. Um, I think because I'm not paying as much attention to to who's signing where and things like that, so I didn't know he was an option as to whether he was going to be there or not. Um, mm. But I think when it comes to to ladder matches, this was it was it was standard in the sense that you got your spots, you got plenty of spots, plenty of high bits, plenty of uh, you know crazy moments, and I think it it was a good way to to kind of set the tone for the for the pay per view. I think it kind of went it was out there, it was big, it was brash, and it said right, this is double or nothing. Here we go. I don't know if, if like Stephen, if you've got a. a a different view maybe or um, I don't place? know I think I had a feeling with this match like WWE when they do these multi-man matches they have it set out to precision like the cameramen always know where to look and yep. it, with this with AEW because where they I assume they film it more like a real sport whereas I don't think the cameramen know mm. every single moment that's going to happen sometimes the angles are a little bit dodgy and you didn't really see everything that was happening and the whole Marco stunt with the chokeslam thingy, I was kind of umming and ahhing about. But overall, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy the spots. It was just, I didn't, it wasn't the best ladder match I've ever seen. And um, it, it it kind of stunk of kind of, because Cage came in as the last mm. entrant, uh, as the ninth entrant, and then all of a sudden he got put underneath that, um, that load of ladders. To give him a big rest because obviously he's roided out and then um, he's knackered, <laughs> knackered after like two minutes. Give him a little bit of a rest. He has, he has a little nap under the under the ladders, and then when uh, someone gets thrown on top of the ladders, that's kind of waking him back up again, and then he kind of jumps back out. But wow! Yeah. And I thought I was the one that was meant to be kind. Um, <laughs> oh no! Just... He, he he may be roided. I'm pretty sure he's, he's admitted to it, hasn't he? Because he said that he he passed one of his um, uh, finger ups test if he was to do it wellness test. But um, oh, right. I'm pretty sure we mentioned it on a poll bef- on a on a episode before because uh, Joel mentioned it. But um, but yeah, I, I do enjoy Brian Cage as a character, and um, I like the fact they've put him with Taz. I liked also the tease where they had um, Darby as the uh, about to win, and then you have Cage come out because obviously Darby has been doing this thing with Taz on Dynamite recently, where he's been kind of threatening to or Taz has been offering to help. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see Derby versus Cage soon. I, th- I think there you'll probably, if you see that, then Derby is probably going to end up dying as per usual. Oh um, yeah, he, he looks, he looks. You know what Derby's like. He, he quite happily throws himself off of everything and anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so to put him a, a small guy like him against someone like Brian Cage, it's going to fit to the the kind of. Uh, it will do that kind of perspective thing spot on because you've got the big guy who can just lob him around and throw him through tables and things like that. Um, just I want to come back to a point that you made there, Stephen, about um, the WWE have their matches. They almost have them all kind of planned out meticulously with all the spots in it and the cameramen know where they go. I think that's one thing with AEW. I think they're allowed a lot more freedom. Um, it certainly seems that way. In mm. creating the matches on the flyer, um, they're given a time limit, and it's like, right, go, tear it up, do what you do, and oh yeah, know, definitely do a couple of spots. But um, I mean, Dan, do you, do you think that's the case in AEW? I think it's the case, and I think someone needs to sometimes turn around and go, listen, you're not going to do X, Y, and Z because sometimes the format of the matches just don't work. 
Like, I think within the first few minutes, we've got Derby at the top of a ladder on his skateboard, jumping off and going through another ladder on the floor yeah. and potentially nearly breaking his leg. Now, it looks spectacular, but should you be doing that in the first three or four minutes of a match? Probably not. So I think their agents need to sit down, especially with the guys that are greener, you know, not the mm. veterans, not the people that have been doing this for years and been everywhere, you know, but these younger guys say, listen, you need to structure your matches a little bit more meticulously. Now, I'm not saying that they need to clamp down on them and stop their creativity, stop their freedom, like in WWE, for example, where they're basically told move for move what they can and can't do. But I think it would help with the pacing and the flow of these matches. Because to me, this match had good moments, but it was such a clusterfuck that it sort of took me out of it. And I'm also quite disappointed with the fact that Brian Cage come out and debuted in this match. I know he's been signed since January, allegedly. That's what the reports say. And he had an injury, so he couldn't come to AEW. But I was really sort of hoping that Darby Allen would get his chance to shine here and win that title opportunity, considering the story that has been built around him, you know, with the Cody situation and everything. But it doesn't seem like they're going to go with that route. They're going to have him get fucked up by Cage, which we all know would be entertaining because Darby getting ragdoll should be fun. But yeah, overall, I don't know. I just... I was left wanting for this match and I think sometimes someone needs to take control and say, listen guys, let's slow it down, let's think about the pacing of the match and it will end up being better for everybody involved. Okay, no, that's fair enough. Um, there was someone actually said to me whilst I was watching this um, and I, I can kind of see their point but I think it's, it's a very s cynical point um, <clears throat> that uh, with Cage coming out as the last one and being the big muscle-bound muscle bound guy to win. Um, it was almost as soon as he came out, you knew he was going to be the guy. Um, mm -hmm. Someone actually texted me and said that it has uh, it reeks of WWE or it reeks of Vince McMahon. Um, <laughs> I know Stephen will defend that anyway, and I, I'm not too, I'm not necessarily 100% in agreement with it, but I think, Dan, would you say that there's a hint towards that, or is, is that just someone being very, very cynical? No, I think if you look at what WWE do in terms of bringing somebody out as a surprise in, say, a ladder match, I think I'll go back to WrestleMania with the Hardy Boys, for example. Mm. Like, you know that, that as soon as these guys come out and it's, whoa, they get the pop, they have to go over. And it means that the whole match is redundant at that point. So I agree with that comment that as soon as Brian Cage come out with Taz, oh, well, Brian's winning then, isn't he? Now, if they'd have swerved us all and had, say, your Darby Allen go over you know, or change the direction mm. of that, then you'd be, oh, good luck. Well, we've got Brian, he's come out, he's been a monster, he's been put down for a moment, he didn't quite get there, we'd all be happy Brian's here. But to have him win, it does stink at WWE. Yeah. But okay. again, it's these idiots not fucking doing it right. They should have <laughs> fucking brought him out when there's people there to get the pop. But the, anyway. The thing is, I mean, and I get that straight away, you know, we want people to debut when there's crowds. People, because yeah. Because you think... The, the whole Matt Hardy Vanguard thing, Mr. Brody Lee, uh, his debut, the fact that Brody Lee would have debuted in his hometown, that would have mm. been electric, you know, but of course, the, the situation we're in, it's not going to happen. And I think, you know, we're stuck at least for a while now, um, especially given, you know, you look at the guys like The Revolt, when they, if they go to AEW, you know, if and when, if we're still going through all of this. Um, you know, this COVID stuff, then they're going to have to debut in front of staff members and wrestlers. Mm. You know, so I think we've got to accept it because otherwise the stories aren't just going to be able to continue because you can't bring anyone new in. Mm. You know, you're going to no, have I to deal with the fact that there is no pop. Mm. 
Yeah, we have to look at the moment. All of us in the world are currently dealing with the best of a worst situation. So that is kind of what we're having to deal with. It's yeah. the best of the worst. It's like kind of, oh, and it's not a situation we want to be in, but it's the situation we are in. So we have to yes. deal with the hand, the hand, the deal with the, no, what is, is it? it? Play, the hand, play the hand we're dealt. Exactly. And the hand we've been dealt is crowds with, um, which is just basically a few little fans here and there in towards the, towards the back and then the wrestlers to the side. So for me, that's kind of, okay, that's the best best we're going to get. That's what we have to take. Now, mm. I know, ideally, we'd love to have all these epic moments where these wrestlers come out and they go get a massive cheer, but we ain't going to get it. Now, I'd rather have seen kind of Brody Lee come out and also Matt, uh, Broken Matt Hardy come out. If they'd have held on until these crowds because we don't know when this situation is going to be over for, when we can get large crowds back in a wrestling show it might not even be back until next year because they might all the social distance and stuff they may say oh no no big arena shows until 2020, early 2021 mm. now imagine going a whole 2020 without Matt Hardy going in AEW when they could use him for silly stuff like they have been doing so for me that's kind of like no we need yeah, we, use we him now the yeah. I see the reasoning just get it in and we just don't have to we, we just don't have to be happy about it <laughs> correct yeah correct. but we don't have to be happy about anything at the moment we're, we're true, locked true. down and so it's just take what we get enjoy it because it's the only enjoyment we're getting at the moment mm. out of wrestling okay um, just moving on then moving on to the next match we had MJF against Jungle Boy um They've, they've been kind of going back and forth in a bit of a storyline over the last few weeks anyway on Dynamite um, I didn't realise that this match went nearly 20 minutes it was 17 and a half minutes long yeah um, that that really surprised me it didn't feel like it went on that long um, but you know I think I don't think I expected it to be as good as it was I, I like MJF as a as a heel I love his character he's, he's great on the microphone we know that um, and Jungle Boy is part of that kind of um, he's that young underdog type guy um, you know I just yeah I quite enjoyed this uh, but it wasn't something that that stood out but I don't think a match like this and the place it was on the card given what it had to follow um, I don't think it was ever going to be groundbreaking um, but I don't know what do you think Stephen oh I enjoyed it it was a good standard match um, it was not spectacular but it wasn't it wasn't average. It was it was good, enjoyable. I like um, uh, was it Jack Perry? Is that his name? Jungle Boy yeah, Jack Jungle Perry. Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Yeah. Yeah, I really like him. I think MJF is a great um, heel. He's easily hateable. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. I was expecting Jack Perry to get the win, though. I thought he might sneak a little uh, win under there and kind of get MJF's first loss. Uh, or first pinfall loss in, in AEW but maybe they're saving that for something else maybe I think if- that's coming soon I think that's coming later I think you've got with someone like MJF and him his whole heel thing especially with the Cody thing as well um, I can't see MJF losing until he faces someone big like it's going to be a, like a main event program and that's when he'll finally take that loss Maybe I, I, that's when I see it's coming. I don't see it coming anytime soon. I think you'll probably end up against another kind of mid-range mid-carder. But yeah, when it comes to main event style, that's when he'll pick up that loss, and it will be groundbreaking. It will be one of those kind of oh wow, he's finally lost type things. Yeah, nothing, nothing else for me to say on that match really. Just yeah. it was good. 
but it wasn't spectacular, but I enjoyed it. Dan, are you an MJF fan? Oh, I'm an MJF mark, mate. I fucking love MJF. I even watch all these interviews because he stays in character the whole time. He's an old school heel straight out of the territories. He, I love MJF. Uh, I think the, the problem they have here is MJF is such a great heel but in order for a great heel to be a great heel, they need a humongous baby face. Mm. And the only one I can see that they currently have in this company is Cody. So they, they've done the Cody thing with him. That's sort of been put on the back burner. And I think they're now trying to work out what way they sort of worm MJF into like a title picture or a mm. feud. But you need someone that can stand side to side with him as his polar opposite. And until they have that, you've just got MJF being MJF. Solid match. Enjoyed, enjoyed both guys. I think Jungle Boy, is, he's going to be great when he gets older. I think he's only 20-something. Um, but yeah, all round, all right. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with MJF. But no losses yet, please. Just build this man. Build, build, build. I mean, there is a possibility that they, they return MJF to the whole Cody thing, given that Cody's now a title holder. Mm. Um, so obviously the match that followed was Cody with Arn Anderson in his corner against Lance Archer with Jake Roberts in his corner for the TNT Championship. Smooth um, segue there, bruv. Smooth segue. Smooth, smooth, smooth. Um, <laughs> the, I, I've been quite kind of vocal about it in the past. I love Lance Archer. I think he's fantastic. And Jake the Snake Roberts has been an excellent promo guy for him. His personality, his dry kind of drawn out demeanour the seriousness of it, everything, it just works perfectly with Lance Archer. It, they're, they're like carbon copies. Lance is kind of madness, explosion ready to happen. Jake is calm, collected, and it just sets off the pairing perfectly. Um, I am disappointed that Lance didn't win the title, but then after actually looking at the title, I'm glad he's not carrying that pile of shit around. <laughs> that looks fucking horrible. Um, I mean, Tony Schiavone made a point of saying on the uh, on the air as well that um, there's gold plates to go on it as well. It's not quite finished yet, mm-hmm. and I just thought that's bollocks. That's because you've had some really bad feedback on it because it looked <laughs> it looked like a fucking five year old had drawn it on a bit of paper and started using it as their title. It was horrible. Was it worse than the twenty four seven title? It was. It was so bland. It was. It was like a silver twenty four seven title. Honestly, <laughs> it looked horrible. Um, I, 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 yeah, I thought it was a disgusting belt. You, you, with a title belt, you want it to mean something. You want it to look good. The, no, the only title belt really that can get away with being a pile of shit was the hardcore title. Everything else, there's got to be, you know, a certain amount of gravitas about it. You look at the old Intercontinental title. That was beautiful, like the, the proper old one, the old white, uh, like, um, the old white leather one, the, the one that Mister Perfect used to carry around. That yeah, one, and the one they brought um, back, wasn't it? Yeah, and the Smoking Skull belt. The you know these the big gold WCW belt these things they have like oomph with it but yeah this TNT Championship belt looked fucking horrible. Um, the thing is you got you got to give them the benefit of the doubt here, right? So let's say that was the final design. Let's say that we don't believe that it had gold plates to go on it or whatever. At least as a company, they've heard the negativity that's come towards that belt and mm-hmm. addressed it and basically said, all right, guys, listen, we're not going to tell you that it, this was actually the belt, but it won't. It's not finished yet, so bear with us. Yeah. If, I mean, when we shit on a WWE new belt, they don't give a fuck. They're just like, whatever. This is our fucking belt. Piss off. But at least these are making the changes. So hopefully, come Wednesday, they said, fingers crossed, the belt should look a lot nicer. Because I've got to agree, I did look at it and think, really? Like, is that it? So hopefully it does look a bit better. But uh, 
what about so what are your kind of thoughts on on the Cody and Lance thing do you on do you agree with me on the whole Jake the Snake Roberts Lance partnership being top draw Yes, if you don't mind the fact that most of the promos that Jake gives gets Jake over. Um, <laughs> like, if, as long as you admit that, because he does have a tendency to not really do much for Lance. Every now and then, he comes back to Lance. But I f- think that when he sat down with Arn Anderson before this, like the go-home show, mm. he, he was almost saying, like, oh, I want to fight you, Arn. Like, I was thinking, hang on a minute, you're meant to be the spokesperson, the voice of... Lance Archer, don't sit there and put yourself over with Arn Anderson. Also, please, AEW, don't make that match happen because it will be a <laughs> fucking train wreck. Um, if but it was no, WWE, I did... that match would happen. Oh, God, it's done. It's already done. It's WrestleMania. It's main event. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like Lance. I've, I'm in the same boat as you, though, man. I think that you've built this guy up. He's come in. He's destroyed people. He's run through the competition. You've got Jake behind him. He's meant to be this massive threat to Cody. And then you have Cody win. But then the haters will say, oh, Cody just, you know, he signs off on what he wants to do, which is probably fair enough. But I think they could have maybe had Lance go over here. Um, but they didn't. And we'll see. As I'll, I'll coin a phrase from Stephen. Let's see how the story plays out. Yeah. There we go. Stephen, your take on this? <laughs> I'm just so glad that someone uh, referenced my uh, my old uh, catchphrase. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think this this is probably the, the big, biggest built match on for Double or Nothing. It's the biggest one that I expected to see. Like I, I, I was shocked that it was so early on in the card. Mm. Like I thought this was even going to be a contender for main event. I thought, oh, maybe they might even put it up against or later on in the show. But obviously that didn't happen. But um, yeah, I thought it was a it was a decent enough match. I enjoyed it. Um, I think uh, the outside stuff was a bit meh. I did find it hilarious seeing Tyson yawning when the camera cut to him at one point. <laughs> that was brilliant. That was so good. And because it's AEW, I haven't seen as many memes. If that had been at a WWE show, everyone would have been rinsing that meme for years. But because it's AEW, everyone's like, oh no, he didn't mean it. So all the, all the internet memesters have not been... Um... The, the guys in the truck were like, cut away, cut away now, <laughs> cut away, cut away, he's yawning. Yeah. But um, yeah, he, he. I think he was... Don't even know why he was there because he didn't really add much to the match. He just kind of scared away. I mean, um, what's his name when um, uh, Jake Snake when he came back out with the snake? Yeah, and that was about it. But yeah, I'm not fussed about Lance Archer going over because in wrestling you need to have wins and losses. Um, I think Lance, as much as the murder, murder hook monster, I like the character. They just yeah enjoyed it. Lance Archer is 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 awesome. Um, disappointed he's gone from NJPW but I'm also happy he's going to find success in AEW and I'm pretty sure this could even go for a rematch but or yeah but I'm just, I love this love this story the whole build and um, I was kind of expecting Brandy to come out and kick Jake the Snake in the bollocks after what happened with um, uh, her and the snake but you never know that may happen in the next few weeks but um, I'm just happy I like Cody um, he is very much now like the Triple H of um uh, was it of AEW because also interesting fact Joel always used to say that Triple H would always have the longest match at Wrestlemania yep. and if the apart from the uh, uh, the Stampede match at the end and the ladder match the, the longest normal wrestling match was this match yep yep 22 um, minutes it went yeah it did go on for a while but I, I don't think it I didn't think it was a bad thing I, I think this, it was worthy of that time um, mm. Other than the, the kerfuffle outside, um, but it, it's 
that's a nice little segue actually as well because from the longest match to two of the shortest matches on the card um, the next two matches were almost just filler really um, because Chris Statlander took on Penelope Ford uh, who replaced um, was it Britt Baker because she injured mm-hmm. herself on yes the her knee um, and then following that you had Dustin Rhodes beat Sean Spears in 3 minutes 20 um, yeah just two filler matches really um, I, I'm just going to ask you I mean Stephen have you got anything to say on these two because I don't really want to go into detail on them yeah I'm a massive massive fan of Chris Statlander I think she is she's good I think she's interesting I like the whole um, kind of alien thing um I also obviously think she's very attractive, but that's not not why I like her. But I think she's a good wrestler. Um, yeah, Penelope Ford is a great looker. She's like she draws your attention straight away because she's got that kind of figure that I'm surprised WWE haven't snapped her up because that's kind of Vince's kind of blonde hair, curvy kind of go go to look. But um, yeah, obviously Kip Sabin's a very lucky man. Um, yeah, the, the match was entertaining. A little bit shorter than I expected, but I think if, if Britt had been um, healthy, it maybe would have been about the same length, maybe a little bit longer, but Britt would have won, um, I think. But again, what was shown to me on the TV, I enjoyed it, and yeah, <laughs> that's it. And the Dustin and Sean Spears stuff, um, thought it was interesting, thought it was funny, the way that um, the whole Sean Spears getting spanked and then having... Uh, so is it Tully Blanchard? I can't remember. Yep. Yeah, Tully Blanchard on, on his picture on his boxes. Yeah. It was just a little bit of comedy just in the middle of it, just a kind of, yeah, just a little bit, a little bit of a laugh to ease you from the long, from the long match we just, we had with um, Cody and Archer before. Yeah. Dan, any thoughts? <laughs> I see, I see on Twitter people were, um, like complaining about Sean Spears and his spot in AEW and the fact that he went from WWE to do shit like this. Do people forget that he has creative control here? So he has decided this is what he wants to do. He's made this decision. It's not like when he he was in the WWE system, he's getting told what to do, how to be, how to act, what to say. Here he's got complete creative control. So if Sean Spears wants to be stripped down by, by Dustin Rhodes and be spanked, on a pay-per-view, that's his decision. So I just want to put that out there to the people that were complaining that he's being booked badly. He's booking himself. Other than that, uh, the matches were short, sweet. I love Chris Statlander as well, man. Penelope Ford is hot as hell. And Dustin Rhodes is a legend. Continue. <laughs> the, the the next match on the card was for the AEW Women's World Championship. Uh, I was all for this match. I'm uh, a fan of Hikaru Shida. I think she's a very good wrestler. She's done... I think there's... you know potential there for her to do exceptionally well Um, I've been critical of the women's division in AEW for a while um, but this gives me gives me a bit of hope going forward I think Nyla Rose it was an excellent champion I think the the beast you know that kind of that persona fits her exceptionally well Um, and I thought that both of them put on a really good match 16 minutes long um, I think they kept us going there was a couple of bits where you kind of went ooh maybe not but I thought, you know, it was great to see Shida win. And I think, uh, if I remember what they kind of gave a little nod to, um, I can't remember. Hannah Kimura at the start of the match. Yeah, that one, yeah, at the start of the match. So, um, yeah, I, I was all for this match. I enjoyed it. And I think uh, it's good to have uh, a face as a champion now. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where the women's division goes. Uh, but I can't, I think 
it looks, I suppose, Chris Statlander will probably be the next one up. Um, wouldn't surprise me if she's the next one up to, to take on for the title. Uh, Stephen? Yeah, first of all, the big shout-out to um, AEW for doing that. Um, Hannah Kimura uh, shout-out at the start of the match, which um, obviously that situation was a complete tragedy. Um, rest in peace, Hannah Kimura. Um, but yeah, the match itself... Uh, was really good and this was my match of the night that wasn't uh, set in a football stadium um, <clears throat> yeah uh, I really enjoyed this match I got really engrossed in it I was um, more than I thought I would like um, the whole interview before Anne Rashida um, her English is actually really good considering I know they have put the subtitles on obviously I don't know how long she's been living in the US uh, she obviously is because that's why she's um, mm. there able to do during the lockdown um, yeah she, she's really good I think she's got a lot of personality um, Nyla Rose is a beast I think she's a great character for the women's division um, I think she's like Nia Jax but without hurting people um, <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for the laugh there so yeah it took me a second to clock what you said <laughs> yeah um Yes, this match was brilliant. I loved it. I thought this was really, really good. And I genuinely popped when Sheeda won. Um, yeah. I know it's um, it's put after her wrestling, really, because she's a really good wrestler, but she's beautiful, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There seems to be a trend here, Stephen, with, with you and talking yeah. about the female wrestlers. Um, Dan, your take on the women's division in AEW, do you think this was a suitable title uh, match for that? Yes, I do. I think that Sheeda's done incredibly well. Obviously, she, she has, just correcting what Stephen's saying, she has moved to the US. She's gone all in, to use the pun, with AEW, obviously trying to learn the language, etc., etc. I think the women's division has been an afterthought at best um, in AEW. There's been lots of multi-women matches, uh, like four-on-four -four tag teams. I think that they've just got to slow it all down and you know, build some stories because at the end of the day, that's what's been really lacking. I mean, I know you've had the Britt Baker stuff, but she looks like she's potentially going to be out for a long time now. Yeah. Um, so they need to sort of take stock, think, right, who, who are the women here that we've got that we can build on and build some stories with? And when you do build a story, when you do do that, you get a great match. And this was a great match. I think these girls did incredibly well. Um, so yeah, I just hope that they can learn from this and build upon this because it has felt like an afterthought. It's like, oh yeah, we need women's wrestling, don't we? Uh, right, you four tonight, go get in the ring and fight. That's kind of what it feels like. And as much as I love seeing women get in the ring and fight, I still need my stories. I still need them to build characters and give me a bit more. So hopefully after this, they'll continue in that vein. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, mm. with, with stories as well, I think one story that has done really well when they've done it in a short amount of time with is the debut of Mr. Brody Lee uh, and him kind of him and his dark order uh, although Brody Lee's only been around for a short while I think the change to the dark order um, a few months back now I suppose uh, the, their change in direction almost uh, about shifting to this exalted one I think it's made them a lot more um, I don't want to say enjoyable because they're you know you're not supposed to enjoy them as as bad guys, but um, <clears throat> believable maybe I don't know. But the, that whole that shift in focus really helped the, the the character of it really helped the the direction of them, um, and I think having Brody Lee in charge of it all has been superb. Uh, I was disappointed that he didn't beat Moxley. I honestly thought that 
given that he's someone who's come in, he's been built up as as uh, as the exalted one. You know, I was expecting him to come in uh, and dominate, um, but uh, yeah, Moxley has been one of the guys that continues to grow on me, especially in AEW. I think he's he's really kind of started to shine. Um, so yeah, I was pleased that he that he ended up winning. Uh, sorry. I'm, I'm, I don't mind that he ended up winning. This is probably the the best way of putting it. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the match. Uh, I was slightly surprised by the ending as well, that it just ended up like it was essentially choking him out. Um, yeah. I think that ending was done to sort of protect Brody Lee because um, he couldn't pin him, so he just choked him out instead. It's, you mm. know, it's like the only way he could stop him. And also, Brody Lee didn't tap. The ref called oh, yeah, the for ref- the referee stoppage. Yeah, so I think with the referee stoppage, Brody Lee then can sort of say, well, you didn't technically beat me, I wasn't, whatever. You know, you can do a heelish thing. Yeah. Um, so I think it was more to protect him. Uh, I don't like John Moxley. Mm. I, nah, man, I just, I've tried, I've tried, but I just can't get rid of the images of Dean Ambrose and some of the stuff <laughs> he did back in WWE out of my head. Um, and I've heard him compared to sort of a, a light version of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, you know, I don't know, I just... He just doesn't do it for me. Mm. All right, he's having a title run, but you know who else are they going to put the belt on at the moment? So, all right, fine, leave it with him. Um, I, I, I really like the Dark Order prior to um, Brody's joining of such, mm. and I think that he needs Uno and Grayson back because um, I really love Evil Uno. I really enjoyed his character, everything that he'd done. Mm. I know people hated him, but I was, I was a mark for him. So I want them guys to come out of lockdown and be back with him. Um, but overall, I think it was a decent match. There were some crazy spots. Going through the bloody um, ramp, like, that looked dangerous as hell. Yeah. Um, and it looked like like John nearly hit the back of his head off of the ramp as well. A disgusting spot. Please don't do that to me again. Um, yeah, but it's all right. I just, I just don't really feel John Moxley. I'm not going to pop for him. Um, yeah, that's fair enough. Ma- maybe he'll grow on me, but he hasn't so far. Because I think that's that for me. I when he first left the WWE, it was mm. I found it a real struggle to to disassociate him from Dean Ambrose and just the kind of bland boredom that I'd associated with him. Uh, yeah. But I think his you know his tenure in in New Japan, kind of t- towards the end with like with Suzuki and things like that. Um, I could. I started to. He started to grow on me there, and in AEW, he started to shine more and more and more. So I've, you know, I've got past that. I think you, you're where I was a few months back, mm. <laughs> um, and hopefully a few months down the line, you'll be where I am now. I um, want to say one thing in his defence, though. Mm. His promos have been really good. Um, he's believable on the mic, and I think letting him say what he feels. That I've got no issue with that. I just. I can't enjoy his matches to a standard which I sh- think I should for the guy that's meant to be the champ, you know? Um, and I hopefully I'll get over my my pain of Dean Ambrose <laughs> and the stupid fucking floppy clothesline shit that I see every time he hits oh. the ropes. Even though he's not doing it, I just, I picture it. It's burned in my skull, boys. <laughs> Stephen, what was your take on this? Um, yeah, it was enjoyable, but um, I don't think it was as good as the women's match. Um when they went through the stage, I genuinely thought, oh my God, they're going to do a double count out here. Because when all the referees mm. started coming out, I thought, oh, this is going to be a, a flop finish. This is going to be a smudge. I thought, oh, this is WWE all over. I thought, blooming hell. But then when they both come out, I was like, oh, all right, and okay, maybe maybe it won't be. And yeah, I really enjoyed the finish. I thought the finish of the uh, choke out made sense. 
for the reasons you guys said, kind of gives um, Brody Lee an out, <laughs> considering that uh, he hit two paradigm shifts before and only got onto the um, second one, uh, only got to the uh, pinfall for the kick out at two. Maybe if he'd done a third, he would have gone for three, you never know, but he just, Moxley just kind of went, yep, yeah, hook him up in the chokehold and choke him out, which is an easy way to do it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like Moxley. I don't know why you guys are, are not too keen on him, but I'm, I'm a big fan. I think he believes in himself a lot more now he's in AEW. I think Dean Ambrose was kind of the character he wanted to portray, but it was a very, very watered-down version of it. So I think this is kind of now like what he wants to do. And um, I think he's... And he believes it himself. So when, he believe, when wrestlers believe their own character, the fans believe it. And I, I believe John Moxley. The only thing I'm missing... It's Justin Roberts back as a commenter, as an announcer, because I really miss the John <laughs> I think uh, they even alluded to that, didn't they, on yeah. uh, on commentary that uh, that they were missing Justin Roberts from the uh, from the PA booth as such. Um, but yeah, uh, I suppose he's he must be. Yeah, I think he's locked down there. somewhere, or. He might be one of the ones who's not allowed out because of diabetes and stuff like this. I don't know. We don't know. Just conjecture and yada yada. But so that was, I suppose, that was the main event of the of the matches. Um, and then to to finish the the pay per view, we had the the stadium <laughs> stampede match in the uh, the home of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, the NFL team, and this. <laughs> this was absolutely fucking bonkers. Uh, I, you know what? I really enjoyed it. It was out there. It was over the top. Yeah, there was a couple of bits where I just thought, "What the fuck are you doing?" I mean, Hangman Page riding a horse in about five <laughs> minutes after everyone else is fighting, and then just popping up in a horse and like, fucking riding him along along hundred yards down an NFL field, and then uh, yeah, absolutely fucking mental. Um, and then. Another bit as well was it when Hangman Page is sitting there having a beer in, I think one of the club bit club areas, mm-hmm. and Hager comes in and they just like they both have a drink and then beat the shit out of each other. It's, yeah, it. I loved it. I thought it was bonkers out there, completely fucking loony, um, and I wasn't entirely surprised either to see some of the spots that the young bucks did, like leaping from the seats off onto the field and then climbing up to the the. Um, uh, through the uprights yeah and and jumping off doing a backflip off of that and, yeah mental I, but I loved it I, I did love it I thought it was a great way to end the pay-per-view and it it kind of given the like the, the true kind of wrestling that we'd had earlier in the night um, it was a great change of momentum and yeah I thought it it was it shows what AEW I think is all about and the fact that they've got such a variety uh, of stuff Um Dan, you know, what was your take? Uh, it's like, I enjoyed it, yeah. I, I mean, I, I watched this live, um, and obviously I was getting a bit tired because the sun was coming up throughout this match, and th- they brought me in. I was laughing in hysterics when I saw uh, Adam Page come out on the horse. There were some really funny spots, and Jericho being a witch again, and then challenging uh, Aubrey for the free counts, and it was a free count. Uh, some good stuff. There's things, there's things that I don't like. Um, so the Matt Hardy character changes in the the baptism water, I just 
that to me is just a step too far, you know. Uh, just like when he was teleporting uh, on TV, I just I get that you that you're sort of you you know split personality fine, but you don't have to change your fucking clothes. Like it's it's just too much for me. And then Jake Hager no selling. I think four bottles of bubbly shots to the head with not even a scratch on him. Um, again, they're, they're minor things, but they're quite big if you think about it. Yeah. Um, but if you just take yourself and think, you know what, this is just going to be a fun, stupid match. I mean, just think about it, boys. If we were given the opportunity to go wrestle in the stadium, we'd probably do something similar to this. You know, just be crazy <laughs> and stupid. You know, we, we'd put on our backyard wrestling personas and go out there and be crazy and have fun with it. So if you look at it like that, it's fine. Um, and I think in the position on the card, being right at the end, those that aren't into this sort of stuff can just switch off. And John Moxley, Brody Lee was their main event done. So it's not completely offensive. But please stop doing the Matt Hardy stuff because it just, I just don't enjoy it. I'm like, why are you changing clothes, bruv? Like, come on. But other than that, fun, enjoyable, harmless, really. And um, a good way to end a show that was all right. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, what about you? I had a smile on my face for the whole 38 minutes of this uh, match. It was absolutely hilarious. It was enjoyable. It was fun. And that is what I want. I want to turn on this wrestling, especially at the moment, and I want to have fun. Like, from even the moment when the Inner Circle came out, where they came out doing like the, um, the NFL kind of entrances, that was hilarious. I was pissing myself at that. And then, when, as, as Thingy Bob said, the, uh, Dan, Dan said, the um, horse riding down the field was just bonkers. Why Hangman Page waited until five minutes afterwards? Um, <laughs> the, uh, the Matt Hardy stuff, yes, there's been some controversy over it because they because the uh, Proud and Powerful technically killed him in a pool. And a lot of people were saying that's inappropriate considering what happened to Shad Gaspard just last week. Rest in peace, Shad Gaspard. But I don't think, I didn't find it offensive myself, but obviously I can see why other people would. But I loved the whole Matt Hardy stuff. I thought it was funny. The whole version one getting changed into the, um, and when he's in the port underneath water and giving the thumbs up, I was pissing myself. Um, yeah, the, the w w one of the Jacksons doing the um, uh, Northern Lights suplex, not Northern Lights, what um, suplex was it? He did for the whole hundred yards. Northern Lights. Northern, Northern Lights, Lights yeah. yeah. Pissing myself laughing at that. And the Jericho stuff, yeah. One thing I did like was even like the small details. Yeah, they had the um, the cheerleaders up. That was quite funny uh, for the match. With their face coverings on. Yeah, but one thing I did notice because I thought it was going to be someone um, like a new inner circle member. I know, I know, I know what you're talking about. I noticed this as well. When they're Go in, the, when they're in the ring, yeah, you could see in the distance a guy wearing an inner circle t-shirt with a mm. mask. But with like a coach, like you know, Arn Anderson has for for his matches with Cody, where he has mm -hmm. like a playlist or a, um, play playbook kind of thing, mm -hmm. and he was walking up and down, and it's, it's sort of taking like, notes. Yeah, so they even had like their own team managers who didn't even get involved <laughs> in the match, and I thought that I was sitting there, I'm like, that's cool, that's really cool. I like they've got a football. Yeah, but if you watch it again, bro, when they're actually wrestling in the ring. You can see him. And he's walking up and down. And I'm thinking, who is that? I'm thinking, is that going to be like a sixth member? It, didn't he also have like a bandana cover in his face as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you couldn't see who he was. Mm. So I thought, oh. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously because they don't want to call in the plays. And I thought, none of the wrestlers have got earpieces on. So he's obviously not going to hear it. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, I, I loved all of it. Like the Sammy Guevara stuff where they're chasing him with a car again. I'm like, Sammy, just go to the side. <laughs> He's just running yeah. in a straight line. Why run in the straight line? Just yeah, duck yeah. off to the right and they'll be fine. Yeah. I thought, um, yeah, loved it all. I had, as I said, smile from my face for the whole thing. Um, yeah, this is this is what I wanted from AEW. I loved it. Um, yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And I might even go rewatch it again. And um, yeah, because it's just so good. That's always so I, a good time. I might be in a killjoy then with the with the Matt Hardy stuff, like the the teleportation, the changing outfits. And by the way, I'm not on about what happened to to Shad. That that's not what offended me. I just find that a little bit grating. Or am I the only? I must be no, like, no, in the I, minority. You, you, I get what you mean, like because when they had Matt on Dynamite a few weeks back, and he teleported from you know about five or six bits in the in the in the stands mm-hmm. to me I mean I get it doesn't mean I like it though I just think it's a bit too much um, the, the the kind of the gut the the rejuvenation or the the, the water thing mm. coming back as the as the as the different um, characters it's I know it as as a random bit of humor I can take it but there was just the whole match was over the top anyway so mm. Yeah, you know, I, I can't yeah. say it really detracted from anything. If it was, if it was a standard kind of match or a false count anywhere match with no real humour, and they went there and they did that, yeah, I think that's a bit it's out of place. But I think given the style of the match and the fact that they were taking a piss from start to finish, um, I've I've got no real problem with it in that occasion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, I, that's I, just, I get your I get your concerns. I do understand that. See now, if that happened in NJPW, I would be like, no, that's that's not point because the, the NJPW presentation is very much sport and the kind of focused on the in ring. Whereas mm. kind of WWE, if that was to happen there, yeah, because WWE is not real life. WWE is not portrayed as that. WWE's got these characters where dead men reign and bring lightning down to the ring. So that's you have to kind of expect that from WWE. AEW, yeah. I kind of I think it's merged between the two it's kind of not too much hokey pokey like WWE and not too real like NJPW it's kind of just in the middle at the moment and um, yeah that's probably why I'm loving it so much and yeah this main event bonkers loved it smile on my face throughout and my flag is currently in the AEW uh, thing and, and I'm not going all in on AEW but I am definitely a massive AEW fan at the moment and considering how I was before even like the, when it, when they first came about you were very sceptical I was very sceptical I am now not all in but I am very much a fan cool alright well I think that kind of brings us to an end on Double or Nothing um, and we've been going for nearly an hour so I think we'll wrap things up uh, but uh, Dan is there anything you want to mention or touch on before we, we say goodbye uh, if there's one thing, and I just want to apologise to Matt Hardy, not that he's ever going to listen to this, but uh, I do love his character. I just don't like the teleportation and the change in, uh, in the middle of the ring. But I would highly recommend anybody go check Being the Elite, the last couple of episodes. Matt Hardy is in the broken character doing uh, insider terms for a wrestling match. So he does, um, uh, what does he do here? Uh, a jobber match. Um, do you know they've gone out of my head just go watch it it's hilarious uh, and also they have a funeral uh, for Vanguard 1 um, which just made me fucking piss myself see so I do get his humour yeah. sometimes I just want it to be a little bit more grounded in reality than 
they let it be. But yeah, overall, I, I'm still all in in AEW. I've been thoroughly enjoying it this whole time. I haven't even thought about watching WWE. Um, and by the sounds of things, I'm probably not missing out on much. No. But great, great to be back on the show, boys. Thank you for having me again. And uh, hopefully, I look forward to doing this again with you soon. Yeah, before you do, uh, before we go around to Stephen, Dan, can you just uh, quickly plug uh, your new single? Um, oh, thank you so much, sir. Uh, give, yeah, well, uh, give the fans the uh, the Twitter handle for your your band. So, so if you boys like your rock music, um, I've had this compared to sort of early Taking Back Sunday sort of stuff. Uh, you can check us out at, at Escape the Box UK on all social media handles. And if you type in Escape the Box on any of the streaming platforms, we'll come up. And the single is called Grey. And actually, this morning, it ticked over to 20,000 Spotify streams. Um, so we're all very chuffed. So thank you ever so much for checking it out, guys. Congratulations and well done, mate. Keep it, keep up the good work. I'm Cheers, enjoying. man. S- Stephen, so uh, anything you want to mention before we wrap up? Uh, yes, Dan, go listen to Dan's band because the, um, they're actually really good. I don't like plugging him and like uh, kissing his ass, but yeah, the EP I really, really enjoyed. Um, Grey is good, not as good as the EP, but still good and enjoyable. So listen to his band, they are they are really good. Um, in regards to other wrestling kind of stuff, I miss going to live wrestling, man. I'm so disappointed. Like, Progress have cancelled all their um, uh, stuff for the, up until end of August, or even end of September. So, yeah, got low. at least I'm getting all my money back from my uh, shows that I've booked, which is quite nice. But, um, yeah, so other than that, um, WWE, I'm not really watching it too much at the moment because uh, we're not getting it on um, UK TV because I'm not watching, I haven't got BT Sport, so I'm not seeing that. We're not getting NXT on the network for a week after it's aired, so I'm, I'm having everything spoiled for me by the time I watch it. Uh, pay-per-views, well, Money in the Bank was Money in the Bank, but we won't talk about that. Um, yeah, um, the one thing I do know about, know about WWE is um, on Monday, Apollo Crews finally won a singles title in WWE. Now, I know, obviously, you guys don't give a shit about him, but he's my guy. I think he's great. Really happy that he's finally won something. And, um, yeah, I did actually uh, purchase... WWE 2K20 this week because it was £16 on PlayStation Store with all the DLC and um, is it broken still is it broken to shit well I thought it was at first when I first <laughs> first started playing it all it would let me do is do one on one singles match and I'm like why is it not letting me select anything else from the options but then I realised because I hadn't downloaded the whole um, of the game it was just like the first part where it says oh you can play it from this part but um, yeah. I did um, one of the first match of the story this morning with um, Charlotte Flair and uh, Natalia, and it didn't seem broken yet. But I've only had one okay. match, so yeah, give it time. Give it time, <laughs> yes. But um, yeah, other than that, I've got nothing else wrestling based to say. Um, I really hope that I do get to see some live wrestling soon in person. But you never know. But just everyone, stay safe and uh, stay clean. Uh, just finally from me um, before I give the whole kind of social media plugs um, if anyone hasn't watched it and I know I mentioned it on the last episode when I did my own kind of solo episode um, Dark Side of the Ring the Chris Benoit episodes and the Owen Hart episodes check them out they're absolutely fantastic eye openers for sure Um, definitely well worth uh, the 45 minutes to an hour and a half of your time that they take up um, definitely worth worth watching on both counts. Um, so yeah, so this is the Smartcast. We are, if you want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at uh, at the Smartcast. Um, 
if uh, all of our episodes are on iTunes, please like, subscribe, download, leave us a review. That would be much appreciated. Uh, we're on uh, Stitcher, I believe, still as well. Yep. Um, yeah. And uh, every one of our episodes is on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com forward slash The Smartcast. Thank you very much for listening. It's been great talking wrestling with these guys once again. And we will see you all next time around.